Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is an RNZ podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Slevin, sitting in for Simon Morris. This week on another at-home edition of At The Movies, three affairs that continue to haunt the lovers for the rest of their lives. An 18th century artist falls for her subject in Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Quand savez-vous Si c'est proche de moi Je ne vous savais pas critique d'art. Je ne vous savais pas peintre. A Taiwanese migrant to America is consumed by regret for the lover he left behind in Tiger Tail. There was a woman once. I knew her before your mother. In Taiwan. I didn't know that. There are many things I never told you. And we learn about the great love of Leonard Cohen's life in Marianne and Leonard, Words of Love. I wrote this for Marianne. I hope she's here. Maybe she's here. I hope she's here. Marianne. Welcome to week 3.5 of the Level 4 Lockdown, and I have to say that I now know a lot more about the inside of celebrities' homes than I ever wanted to know. We're drowning in homemade content, some of it by gifted amateurs and bored families, and some of it by movie stars with time on their hands. On TikTok, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube, the battle to keep us amused is now being waged one minute at a time, and the only loser is our attention span. Fair dues to the likes of Sam Neill, it's all being produced with the biggest of hearts and the purest of intentions, but the competition for our eyeballs is now more intense than ever, and cinema is in danger of being submerged by all of the other noise. Before COVID-19, if you wanted to watch a recently released movie, you could choose from the dozen or so that were playing in cinemas. Now, you not only have to fight your way through all the social media distractions, but when you find a new release movie on your platform of choice, you have hundreds of other not-so-new films, all wanting you to choose them instead. Last week, I calculated that there had been 372 new titles added to the legally available streaming or video-on-demand services in New Zealand, but that only about five of those were genuinely new releases. How do those new films compete with all the new old ones? They all look the same in a Netflix menu. I'm concerned about a lot of things these days, as I'm sure you are too, but one of them is our ability to sit and absorb the kind of longer-form storytelling that cinema does so well. At our house, even before the pandemic, we had a Saturday night ritual called Hollywood at Home, with the whole family, and whoever was lucky enough to be staying with us, gathered around the big screen to watch a movie. Lights out and no other screens allowed. Last Saturday, we introduced the teenager to Vim Vender's 1984 classic piece of Americana, Paris, Texas, and blew his mind. I have to stay abreast of the new releases because of this gig, but I can fully understand the temptation to go back to the tried and trusted rather than take a chance on something new. 
But it's possible that discovering new films and new filmmakers is another muscle we might lose access to if we don't keep exercising it. Vous voulez dire qu'il n'y a pas de vie Pas de présence Votre présence est faite d'état passager, d'aspects momentanés, cela peut aussi manquer de vérité. Tout n'est pas passager. Certains sentiments sont profonds. Que cela ne soit pas proche de moi, c'est quelque chose que je peux comprendre. Mais que cela ne soit pas proche de vous, voilà qui est triste. The first few films that were supposed to be in cinemas about now are starting to make their inevitable appearance online. Any minute now, the big Universal Studios tentpole sequel Trolls World Tour will appear for rental, as it has already in the US and the UK. While we wait for the local branches of the mega distributors to catch up, it's the indies that have already moved, and this week's first film is a pretty big deal. Portrait of a Lady on Fire won the Best Screenplay Award at Cannes last year and was nominated for Golden Globes and BAFTAs as Best Foreign Film, although the crazy Oscar nomination system for non-American films meant that it was passed over by the French Nominating Committee in favour of Les Miserables, which we reviewed on this programme a couple of weeks ago. On the strength of its showing at last year's International Film Festival, it was surely going to go gangbusters at the pictures here. But for now, it's the hottest title available on the new video-on-demand site from Auckland's independent cinema, The Academy. They have dozens of films available for rental. Many are recent releases, like Best Picture winner Parasite. Lots are classics. I spotted the Christian Slater, Winona Ryder teen comedy Heathers there. And there are a couple that would have been in cinemas, in their cinema specifically, at the moment. Prices are competitive with the big international platforms, and if you're wondering how to support local cinemas and distributors, renting from the Academy rather than, say, Apple is the way to go. Back to Portrait of a Lady on Fire. We are in windswept Brittany at the end of the 18th century. A young painter, played by Noemi Merlon, has arrived at a remote mansion to paint the owner's daughter, Eloise, played by Adele Haynel. Only the daughter is not to know about the painting. The portrait is for a rich Italian so he can confirm an offer of marriage, a marriage that Eloise is understandably resistant to. Her older sister had previously been the intended bride but had chosen to throw herself off the cliff and into the sea rather than submit. C'est joyeux? It's not pas joyeux, mais c'est vivant. Ça raconte l'histoire d'un orage qui monte. Et des insectes qui le sentent. Et s'agitent. Et la tempête qui éclate. Almost alone in the house, the two women slowly strike up a friendship which then turns into something else. A relationship that both know can have no future and that both know will dominate the rest of their lives. Portrait of a Lady on Fire is written and directed by Céline Sharma, who's been making deliciously observant films about the deep inner lives of women for a decade or so. 
But Portrait of a Lady on Fire is next level. As you might expect for a film where a work of art is a central theme, the composition and framing is delicious. Cinematographer Claire Mathon uses mostly natural light, candles in the evening scenes, and a sun hidden behind stormy skies in the daytime. And the camera is relatively still. Gentle pans or almost imperceptible slow zooms are the order of the day. C'est terrible. Parce que maintenant que vous me possédez un peu, vous m'en voulez. Hein? Si. Vous sentez bien que si. Vous n'êtes plus de mon côté. Vous me reprochez la suite, mon mariage. Vous n'êtes plus solidaire. Vous avez raison. Portrait of Lady on Fire is a film about limits. The limits placed on women because of gender. The limits put on lesbian women because of prejudice. And the limits put on a squeezed aristocracy when the money disappears at the same time as the men do. The title of the film comes from an incident in the story, but it's also a little bit of a misnomer. Portrait of a Lady on Fire smoulders throughout. There is considerable heat under the surface, but for all the characters, there is no easy way to let it out. Superbly crafted from beginning to end, Portrait of a Lady on Fire is going to be lots of people's favourite film of the year. It's romantic, political, sensitive and sensory. If your idea of great cinema is to watch the play of emotions make their way across the face of a character trying to suppress them, this film is going to be right up your alley. Vous imaginez complice? Vous imaginez mon plaisir? C'est une façon de ne pas espérer. Mais imaginez-moi heureuse ou malheureuse, si ça vous rassure. Mais ne m'imaginez pas coupable. Vous préférez que je résiste Oui. Vous me le demandez. Répondez. Non. Portrait of a Lady on Fire is rated M for a little nudity. The film is available now for digital rental at the new Academy Cinemas site. We'll have a link on our website or on Apple for only $7.99 or for digital purchase from Apple for $24.99. Lost Love is the theme of our second film too, even though the setting couldn't be more different. Tiger Tail is a new film on the Netflix platform that presents the deep emotional scarring felt by so many migrants, specifically in this case those who journeyed from Taiwan to the US in the 60s to make a new life for themselves and to support their families. 
That sounds like a strikingly specific description, but the film demands it as the main audience for this semi-autobiographical debut feature has been the Taiwanese diaspora in the States. While the experience of a generation that has lost touch with its roots in the old country, but at the same time is disconnected from its locally born children, is felt by communities around the world, not least here in New Zealand, there's a specificity here to the Chinese or Taiwanese experience that has had huge resonance to those audiences. Tiger Tail is the story of Pinyu, played in the contemporary scenes by Tai Ma, who is a very familiar face in American movies that need a Chinese actor. He's one of the leads in the new Mulan that we're waiting so expectantly for. As a child in early 60s Taiwan, Pinyu is sent to live with his grandparents after the death of his father and experiences a mix of bucolic rural life along with the terrifying presence of the militaristic Kuomintang government. Eventually reconciled with his mother in the big city, they work together in a grim factory while he, at least, dreams of something better. He falls in love with pretty Yuan, but his desire to go to the USA and make enough money to save his mother from poverty trumps the love he feels at home. The factory owner offers to pay his way to America if he marries his daughter and takes her with him. These flashback scenes are intercut with the depressed, stubborn and lonely old man living alone in New York, having made something of himself as he wanted, but with nothing much to show for it, and his attempts to connect with his only daughter, played by Christine Coe, are embarrassingly awkward. You didn't do your dishes before you left. I can help you with them. Uh, it's okay. I'll do it later. I'm sorry about Grandma. Thank you. Are you all right? Hmm. I know this is a hard time for you. But I really wish you had told me about the funeral. It was a small ceremony. She was my grandmother. You didn't really know her. You never visited. Tiger Tail is another slow burn, another film that concentrates on faces and tries to discern what lies beneath. Pinyu won't admit to anyone that he regrets leaving Taiwan and dumping the great love of his life. He can't even acknowledge to his family that that part of his life ever existed. Shame and regret make for unhappy bedfellows, but the film does find a way out, and Pinyu is eventually able to reconcile himself with his choices, his child, and even the woman he left behind. Tiger Tail is the debut feature from writer and director Alan Yang, known mostly for his work in the television comedies Parks and Recreation and Netflix's Master of None, which he helped to create. Tiger Tail isn't a comedy in that, or indeed any vein, but it is clearly a personal film for Yang, who I understand based the character of Pinjui on his own father. Mom seems happy. I'm glad for her. This is the first time I've hosted this party by myself. Without Eric. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever find anyone like him again. When we were together, it just felt different. <laughs> 
you know what I mean? There was a woman once. I knew her before your mother. In Taiwan. I didn't know that. There are many things I never told you. The pace of the film might prove to be a bit of a struggle for home viewers who might find they're tempted to reach for the remote control at some points, but it is worth persevering with. That pace is deliberate, if occasionally frustrating, but it's that pace that gives you time to enjoy the details in the production design by Amy Williams and the cinematography by Kiwi Nigel Bluck. The flashback scenes are shot on film and have the kind of luminous colour that only nostalgia can provide. While the modern world is shot on a kind of flat digital, signifying how flat and depressed Pinjui is in his heart. The middle class immigrant experience is not often represented as unromantically as this, as a lonely, you might say alienated existence. Pinjui hasn't found community in the United States, not an American community he can try and fit into, or a Taiwanese one he can use to connect back to his culture. He just works and pines for the love he left behind. Here you go. Thank you. Of course. I'm so glad you guys can make it out here for the party. You should visit more often. Oh, it's hard for me to miss work. My students miss me. <laughs> I substitute for her sometimes. They love her. They think she's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they do. Are you guys traveling anywhere this year? For spring break, we're going to go to Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. And then in the summer... We go back to Croatia. Wow, that sounds really fun. We can't wait. (laughs) Tiger Tail is rated 7 plus on Netflix, but I have to say that while no seven-year-olds will be offended by the content, they will be bored out of their brains. This is a grown-up film, and the older the audience, the bigger the emotional weight it will carry. I wrote this for Marianne. I hope she's here. Maybe she's here. I hope she's here. Marianne. The song uh, is called So Long, Marianne. And the girl called Marianne that I know very well, she came to me after I sang for her first, and she said, she's a Norwegian. She said, uh, I'm certainly glad that song wasn't written for me. I said, oh, uh, yeah? And she said, yeah, because my name is Marianne. Finally, another film that was destined for local cinemas around now. I saw the trailer on one of my last visits to the pictures a lifetime ago. Marianne and Leonard, Words of Love. Documentaries about musicians don't often focus on the people around them to the extent this does, but also most documentaries about musicians aren't made by someone who was actually there for quite a bit of what occurred either. British filmmaker Nick Broomfield, who made the films Curtin, Courtney and Biggie and Tupac, spent a bit of the 60s on the Greek island of Hydra, where he met Marianne Elin, the Norwegian muse of singer Leonard Cohen, the inspiration for the songs So Long Marianne and Bird on a Wire, among others. So he knows of what he speaks, does Broomfield. It's a really helpful and grounding way into a story that could easily have just been talking heads and archive footage. This is Marianne, filmed on the island of Hydra in the early 60s. 
She said the song So Long Marianne was originally called Come On Marianne and was not her favorite song. She said it was not originally intended as a goodbye, but came in actuality to foreshadow the end of Marianne and Leonard's relationship as lovers. This is little Axel, Marianne's seven-year-old son. <laughs> it looks like some kind of a lobster. <laughs> it has all kinds of openers. It was the 60s and the time of free love and open marriage, including Leonard and Marianne's. I was a rather lost 20-year-old visiting the island of Idra when Marianne befriended me. For a short while, I became one of her lovers. She encouraged me to follow my dreams and she played me Leonard's songs under the Greek moon and stars. Her smile and enthusiasm were one of a kind and I felt completely intoxicated by the beauty of their relationship. Cohen arrived on Idra in the early 60s and at the time he was a budding novelist, not a songwriter. Back in those days, the relatively affluent middle classes from Montreal or Oslo could indulge their desires to drop out pretty cheaply on rustic islands like Hydra. Fueled by Retzina and Speed, Cohen fell for Marianne, who was there escaping from an abusive relationship along with her seven-year-old son Axel. Cohen was working on a novel that would eventually win some of the worst reviews ever received for Canadian fiction, and, broke and tormented by his feelings of failure, he decided to go to New York and write songs, as you do. Judy Collins recorded Suzanne and persuaded Cohen to overcome his stage fright and become a performer, setting the wheels in motion for the huge career that he wound up having. While it's lovely to have the character of Marianne given so much weight in the film, Cohen's 1970s girlfriend Suzanne Elrond doesn't even merit a surname in this film, which is a much more common approach, the film's strength is really the picture it paints of the 60s counterculture and the damage it did, especially to the children. Marianne's son Axel is a beleaguered figure throughout, shunted to boarding schools or left to his own devices on the lonely island, while Marianne travels the globe in Cohen's wake. I had a great appetite for the company of women and for the sexual expression of friendship. And I was very fortunate because it was the 60s. And that possibility was very, very present. And for a tiny moment in social history, there was a tremendous cooperation between men and women about that particular item. And so I was very lucky that, that my appetite coincided with this very rare what religious, social, I don't know what you'd call it, some kind of phenomenon, you know, that allowed men and women, boys and girls we were, to come together in that kind of union that satisfied both the appetites. Either because of some deep insecurity around women, or possibly the complete opposite, Cohen in the 60s and 70s cut a fairly wide swathe through his female fan base. He was what we might call in New Zealand something of a stick man, which would have been painful to watch if you loved him from the other side of the world. But he never lost his love for Marianne. They stayed in touch throughout their lives, always with that deep well of affection, as demonstrated by his final email to her, received while she was dying of leukaemia in an Oslo hospital. And in the morning, there was this lovely letter from Leonard to Marianne. 
Dearest Marianne, I'm just a little behind you, close enough to take your hand. This old body of mine has given up, as yours has too. I've never forgotten your love and your beauty. But you know that I don't have to say more. Safe travels, old friend. See you down the road. Endless love and gratitude. Your Leonard. That was very beautiful. Marianne and Leonard, Words of Love is rated M for some 60s hippie nudity. You can rent it on Lightbox now and other services in due course eventually. And that's our program. We're listening to an important sequence from the film Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Hopefully that's not too much of a spoiler. Before I go, here's one final recommendation for home viewing. I'm going to recommend Disney Plus this week. Not because you can sit your kids in front of it forever, at least not just because you can sit your kids in front of it forever, but because it's the only service where you can watch all the Pixar short films in one go. For over 35 years, Pixar have used the short film form to develop technology and talent. Many of their feature film directors were given their first shot on a short, and at least until 2018, Pixar features would always be released with a short film attached, and these were often as magical to look at as the feature films they sat alongside, and free from many of the story restrictions that a giant entertainment corporation would impose. Check out the superb silent comedy of For the Birds from 2000, which played alongside Monsters, Inc., or the beautiful and strange La Luna, which appeared with Brave in 2012, or the groundbreaking subcontinental superhero movie Sanjay's Super Team from 2015, or the Academy Award-winning Piper from 2016. If you don't have Disney+, Plus, you can get a seven-day free trial, and after that it'll set you back $9.99 a month. I'm Dan Slevin, and you can find me on Twitter as at Dan Slevin. That's all one word. And there's more of me at rnz.co.nz forward slash widescreen. I'll be back with more suggestions for home viewing during the lockdown at the same time next week. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.